Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, and Prince of Peace, 
you for a few minutes about the handwriting on the wall. The handwriting on the wall. How did Babylon get to this place? If you look at the text, there are some clues in there. The text mentions a man named Belshazzar. Belshazzar was a co-regent, co-king, if you will, of Babylon. He shared the throne with his father, Nabonidus. Belshazzar ruled eastern Babylon while his father ruled the west. Now, these were tough times for Babylon. Fifty years earlier, God had used Babylon as an instrument of chastisement against Judah. Under Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar's grandfather, Babylon had routed Jerusalem and carried away thousands into exile. But now things have drastically changed. There's a rival power, the Medo-Persian Empire that was marching against Babylon. In fact, at the time of this writing, Persia had conquered western Babylon and Belshazzar's father, Nabonidus, had been executed. And now the Persians were advancing west making their way to the capital, leaving death and destruction in their wake. But when word came to Belshazzar of what was happening, instead of using the time that he had to prepare and to plan, the text says he was having a party. Now, here's the first clue as to what was wrong with Babylon. They were partying when they should have been preparing. My brothers and sisters, too many of us are partying when we ought to be preparing. If you hadn't noticed, we're in the midst of a spiritual crisis. Demonic powers are moving against us and they're leaving death and destruction in their wake. You know, we love to quote Paul 
when he says in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world. But when we know that, then we must also remember Paul's counsel as to how to survive the crisis. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the devil's schemes. It's a misuse of our time and of our resources to know that there is a crisis if we don't prepare for the crisis. There's too much violence in our community. It's crisis time. There's too much poverty in our community. It's crisis time. There's too much unemployment, especially among African-American men. It's crisis time. And while these dilemmas are real and looming and destructive, instead of preparing, too many of us are partying. Pretending that what is right in front of us is not really there. Acting like we can wish it away. Well, can I tell you, you can't do that. The handwriting is on the wall. As King Belshazzar was in a position of responsibility, he had been entrusted with the lives of thousands. But Belshazzar failed. Because while he indulged himself in the privileges of his office, he failed to live up to his responsibility. That's the second problem with Babylon. We want to claim our privileges, but we don't want to live up to our responsibility. Can I tell you that with every privilege... There is also an accompanying responsibility. Can I tell you that if you don't want to bear the responsibility, then you can't claim the privileges? Most of us will acknowledge that God has been good to us. He has met our every need, physical needs, mental needs, social needs, economic needs. You are here this morning because God kept health in your body and sanity in your mind. He kept food on your table and clothes on your back and a roof over your heads and money in your pocket. Most importantly, God has met your spiritual needs. He saved you from eternal damnation through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And it's a privilege to be in God's family. But along with the privilege, there is a responsibility. We have a charge to keep. We have a stewardship responsibility to live lives that are pleasing to him. We have a love responsibility to help meet the needs of those who are hurting. We have a ministry responsibility to help bear one another's burdens. We have an evangelism responsibility to let our light so shine before men and women that they will see our good work and give glory to our Father in heaven. And when we want to claim privileges but shrink from responsibility, 
it leaves us with handwriting on the wall with the enemy bearing down on him. Belshazzar throws a party. A thousand noblemen were invited, and Belshazzar got drunk. And in his drunken state, he ordered his servants to bring in the sacred goblets that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. These goblets had been sanctified by the priests of Israel. They were holy to the Lord. But a drunk Belshazzar profaned the goblets and used them in an unholy manner. Here's the third reason for Babylon's dilemma and ours. We let ourselves get drunk. My brothers and sisters, there ain't nothing good about being drunk. Being drunk only makes you act foolish. Being drunk doesn't let you think clearly. Drunk folk get loud, but they don't say anything worth hearing. Drunk folk get weepy and blame others for all the troubles that they're going through. Drunk folk get mean and vindictive and repugnant and repulsive. There is nothing good about being drunk. When you're drunk, you'll profane that which God has blessed us. When you're drunk, you're of no use to yourselves and you are a danger to others. And it leaves us with handwriting on the wall. Belshazzar was partying when he should have been preparing. He was claiming privileges without meeting responsibilities. He got drunk and profaned that which God had made holy. And after a while, God responded. While they were drinking, Belshazzar looked up and he saw a strange sight. Over against the wall by the candlestick holders, Belshazzar saw the fingers of a man's hand and the fingers wrote four words on the wall many many tekel perez and and this thing troubled Belshazzar his face turned pale he got weak in the knees and he wanted to know what the sign meant church this was the hand of God and can I tell you it's bad when God has to go to unusual lengths to get our attention, Belshazzar didn't see a man. He just saw a hand. And the hand wrote by itself. It's bad when we have to hit rock bottom before we ever look up. We ought to make up our minds today while things are going well with us, while we have the activity of our limbs, while we're standing on our own two feet, while we still got some money in our pockets and all our bills are paid, we ought to make up our minds before the handwriting gets on the wall. I'm going to stop and I'm going to do what the Lord said Belshazzar was troubled by 
what he saw and he sent for his best academicians and counselors. He sent for enchanters and astrologers and diviners because they had helped him in the past, but this time they couldn't do him any good. And it reminds us that there are some problems that folk can't solve. There are some questions that folk can't answer. When, when you're faced with spiritual problems, you need to turn to the right source for the answer. And folk are not the right source. You got to turn to the Lord. Counselors came in. They, they couldn't interpret the handwriting that was on the wall. But, but Belshazzar's wife came over to him and she whispered to him. She said, you know, there is somebody in Babylon who may be able to help you. There's this old Hebrew slave named Daniel. He's, he's a man of the Hebrew God, and, and he has a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and he's able to interpret dreams. He was able to help your granddaddy a long time ago, and it might be a good thing if you send for Daniel and have him come in. Church, it's bad when you don't want to hear from God's preacher until the handwriting is on the wall. You're content to go your own way till trouble comes. If you'd heed God's preacher before trouble comes, then maybe you could dodge some of the pits that you fall into. Somebody asked me just the other day, why do you preachers have to bring Jesus into every conversation? And my response is, what other name would you want me to call? You want me to call the president's name? He's crazy. You want me to call the governor's name? He's reneging on everything. Who do you want me to call on? There ain't but one name given to me whereby we must be saved. Only Jesus can lift up a bowed down head. Only Jesus can bind up a broken heart. Only Jesus can turn the darkness of midnight into the light of noonday. I don't know what other name you want me to call. It's just Jesus. So they sent for Daniel and Daniel came in and, and Daniel looked at the wall and, and Belshazzar looked at Daniel and he was hoping to see a helpful look in Daniel's face. But Daniel couldn't help him. Daniel said, Belshazzar, God's telling you something. He's telling you you need to set your house in order because you're about to leave here. Many means that God has numbered your days and your reign is about to come to an end. Tekel means that you've been weighed in the scales and balances and found wanting. Perez means that your kingdom has been divided and will be given to the Medes and the Persians. And before the night was over, Belshazzar was dead and Babylon was lost. 
Now, if I stop there, you'd say, there he goes, stopping on the negative stuff again. So let me tell you this as I close. It was too late for Belshazzar. But that doesn't mean that it has to be too late for you and for me. The handwriting is on the wall for all of us. I don't care how good you look. The handwriting is on the wall. I don't care how good you feel. The handwriting is on the wall. Some are coming to the end sooner and some are coming later. But can I tell you, we all coming to the same end? All of us are going to have to try the realities of another world. Steps are getting shorter. Eyes are growing dim. Hearing is getting dull. I don't care what you put in it. You know what the real color is of your hair. You know you got wrinkles where you used to have smooth skin. You, you know that there are moles that have popped up where there didn't used to be moles. Time is winding up. The handwriting's on the wall for all of us. It's appointed to every man. One time to die. And after death, the judgment. But I do have some good news for you. If you know Jesus, Jesus will put something else on your wall. If you know Jesus, Jesus will scratch out what was on the wall and he'll write something else on your wall. I don't know about you, but I know what was on my wall. Hell was on my wall. Death was on my wall. Destruction was on my wall. But I turned it over to Jesus. And Jesus wrote something else on my wall. Saved is on my wall. Delivered is on my wall. Sanctified is on my wall. Heaven bound is on my wall. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to know somebody who can erase what's on your wall and write something else there, his name is Jesus, heart fixer, burden bearer, mind regulator, door opener, way maker, Jesus, 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 Jesus. yeah, yeah. Choir's gonna sing a hymn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all join with me. You are my strength. You are my strength. In times of confusion. Strength like yours. Lord, when I don't know what to do or where to go. Strength like yours. Like David said, I run into you, Father God, and you are a strong tower. Reach The righteous to run into you and they are safe, Father God. You are my strength. You are my strength. Oh, strength like strength like no other. Strength 
are my peace. You are my peace. Peace like no other. Peace like no other. I got peace like no Joy. You are my joy. joy. Like a fountain, I got joy. Joy like a I got joy in my soul. I got joy. Joy like a Like no other reaches out to me. Something about the power of the name. Be our 